This is frustrating to me because when we began this podcast, it was in a state of upheaval. Four, five, six episodes ago, I said, okay, we've got a Twitter handle now. Reach out to us on Twitter. And and now it's just a mess again. And so now people are leaving in droves. You know, 25% of our listeners were on Twitter. So that one person is now gone from Twitter. So... Now, I don't know. We've got a Dang. handle that is non-existent. So I didn't know we were so heavily weighted on Twitter. We are, yeah. Maybe, 20, maybe 25%, I should have bought some earlier. Yeah, 25% of our listener base was... Uh, Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast. Manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Let's, let's go ahead and do some trivia now. All right. General knowledge okay. be our topic today. I'm hoping that this is a little more challenging. All right, question one. Bracken, B-R-A-C-K-E-N, okay. is a variety of what type of plant? Cactus, grass, ivy, or fern? You didn't mention fungus. <laughs> I was so sure you were going to say fungus. I have no idea. I don't know. I'd have to guess, and my guess would be one of those last two, ivy or fern. I was, gonna, I was leaning toward fern let's go fern then so we'll go fern oh yeah and we are correct Woo-hoo. do you remember the first trivia that we did i think it was the very first trivia game we did we knew nothing i mean if we did it on it was on netflix i think it was a history of netflix <laughs> Maybe that's right. it was not a good segment all right so we got question one right all right question two which word contains a smaller word meaning continuous dull pain stable mate Bachelor, diabetic, oh, cabbage. I think I'm going to go in ache in the middle of bachelor. Yeah. I'm going to go bachelor. It is. I will agree with you. Go with bachelor as well. Oh, yeah. And we are two for two. All right. The Aral Sea, A-R-A-L, Sea. Yes. Lies on the border between Kazakhstan and which other stan? Is it Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, Kurdistan or Pakistan? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Okay, lies on the border between Kazakhstan and which other stand? So what is what is Kazakhstan border? I, I can't even visualize the map. It, it may border all of them for all I know. Man, this is tough. Well, let's get Uzbekistan is to the south. Is it That's not? the one that uh, the guy that ran for president didn't know. Uzbekistan was the Domino's Pizza CEO. Oh, can't remember his name now. He died from COVID at a Republican fundraiser. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I'm, I'm inclined not to pick Uzbekistan because yeah, of his comment. So just because actually, of I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Afghanistan. I'm inclined to say Uzbekistan because uh, you picked that one. I'll take Afghanistan. We got a 50 50 chance. Well, I'm gonna pick Uzbekistan. Oh yeah. And that one was right. Good for you. So what's his name, even though he didn't know where I don't remember. Was. He was a Trump backer. Well, well he's got he's got everything he's got going him. for him. Uh, Domino's Pizza backing Trump. And say, unfortunately, he caught COVID at a fundraiser and died from it. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Didn't he have the 3-9, his, his tax plan? Which presidential candidate was CEO? Of Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Yeah. I, I don't know what else. I think he, uh, 
Other things that border it are things I don't even know what they are. They might have been called one thing at one time. Yeah, that's my guess. It's all been changed since you're school. Yes. All right, exactly. let's move on to what the next did one. Good job. What did conductors use before the invention of the baton in the 19th century? A violin bow. You know, to conduct. What did they use to conduct? I got you. A violin bow. Hands weren't enough? <laughs> a walking cane. Oh. A French loaf. And a trumpet. Well, this is it. Let's just be elementary about this. Let's eliminate trumpet. Yeah, I'm good with that. And a French loaf. What if they're not in France while he's directing, while he's conducting? I think the French would be insulted. I, I think so. So we'd have to go with a violin bow. I correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was so nicknamed because they wore a distinctive striped T-shirt? Sting, the thin white duke, the boss, or Cher? I'm not going to choose share because I don't even like to say share. And now I'm about to say share for the fourth time on one episode. Who was so named because they wore a, a distinctive, distinctive striped t-shirt? Striped? Well, Bruce didn't wear striped shirts. He was white t-shirts. I'm guessing the sting would be because you've got a striped t-shirt. So it, like a it's like a bumblebee. And so therefore it'd I'm be the fine sting. I'm with sting on that. So sh- are we going to say sting? Yeah, let's go with sting. Let's go with sting. Oh, yeah. We got it right. And now I'm curious about who the Thin White Duke is. That's what happens when you play and listen to trivia on faith, finances, and F-bombs. You discover other things that you need to look up. Okay, where in the UK does the Ceremony of the Keys take place every evening? Wembley Stadium, Tower of London, Pentonville Prison, Buckingham Palace. Oh, shoot. When you first talked about it, I thought Buckingham Palace, but then you mentioned that prison. I don't think I've ever heard of Ceremony of the Keys. I haven't either, but I like the prison one. Well, let's check the let's check Pentonville Prison. They should be locked up. Oh, come on. Uh, it's not, not the prison. Darn it. Is it Buckingham Palace? Well, Tower of London. That would make sense, too. Didn't they lock people in the Tower of London? Yeah. Tower of London it is. It was on the right path about locking people up. Yeah. Just got the wrong place. Angkor International Airport is in which country? How do you spell that? A-N-G-K-O-R. I thought about spelling T-H-A-T because you said, how do you spell that? Nice. Cambodia, Costa Rica, Canada, Chile. I like Cambodia. I like Cambodia. Oh, yeah. And it is Cambodia. We're doing quite well. What number is represented by the Roman numerals XXVI? 26. Uh, yes, I agree with you. Oh, yeah! Which former world leader's father died when he was 11 and the family were evicted from their farm? George W. Bush, Kevin Rood, Winston Churchill, Sylvia Berlusconi. Ooh. Okay, we can eliminate W. Bush because his dad just died recently. He's out. Who was that second one? Kevin Rudd. I don't know who that is. I don't either. Third one was... Winston Churchill. Father died when he was 11. That was the key. The family were evicted from their farm. I'm going to go with Berlusconi because he was a dark soul. Silvio Berlusconi. Oh, come on. Got to be Churchill. Must be Churchill. Or the guy we don't know. It is not Churchill. Got to be Rudd. (laughs) It's got to be Rudd. (laughs) 
No, that's process of elimination. Just pick them all except for the guy you know whose dad didn't die till recently. Complete the line from the 1999 Savage Garden song, I Knew I Loved You. But some things you just don't what? Uh, Ask, question, say, no. I'm turning this all over to you because... I only know their name. I don't know a single song they sung. I knew I loved you. And I'm not a Savage Garden fan. I knew I loved you. But some things you just don't. Some things you just don't. Could be ask or question. Let's try say. Oh, come on. It was question. Wow. That was my first guess. You were right. Well, that's it. Stick with your instincts, man. Our answers were correct on the first attempt, seven out of ten questions. Now we also have to look up Kevin Rudd and find out. Oh yeah, let's find was out who. Kenneth Rudd. What was no, it? It, no, it was it Kevin? was Kevin Rudd. Let's, uh, yeah, listener, just join us as we go with uh, Kevin Michael Rudd is an Australian diplomat and former politician who served as the twenty sixth Prime Minister of Australia. Oh. Hey, listener, are you having one of those typical days at work? Are you starting to feel a little run down? Are you considering something of a pick-me-up, like your usual cup of coffee? Well, before you head off to the kitchen or cafeteria, I'd like to try and change your mind. Let me tell you about an awesome new soft drink that's a whole lot better for you than your daily dose of caffeine. I've started drinking it just before I head out and hit the road. It's called... It's a new fortified fruit juice, sort of, and it's available in all of your favorite flavors. It contains no preservatives or artificial flavors, and it's sugar-free. It has all the vitamins and minerals your body needs to keep you going all day. It'll tickle your fancy, sharpen your skills, and strengthen your bones. And it's available anywhere. Go grab a can of right now. Hello, listener. It's me, Hartley. Hey, listen, it's summertime, or at least it is in this podcast in which this fake ad is being embedded into. Don't wait any longer for your taste of summer. Burgers now does delivery. Made fresh to order and stacked with all of your favorite toppings. Get that tender Chuck Interior taste delivered straight to your door. And why not pair it with a side of fries or more? No fuss, no muss. Just your classic can't-go-wrong burger cooked to medium-rare perfection. Uh, That's a great way, great-tasting burger. At least, that's the way I like it. That classic can't-go-wrong burger cooked to medium-rare perfection can only be found at Mid-Missouri's Burgers. And they come to you. That's... Burgers now doing delivery. Call or find them online today at com. I think it's important for us to create space for God. And whenever I mention that, at least in terms of this podcast, when I mention this on any episode, I'm saying we need to create space for God to help you connect with your soul strengthen your soul and engage or embrace your spiritual transformation journey. Seek God and create space in your life, in your heart, in your mind, which allows you to keep seeking God. Interestingly enough, Kelly is working on a presentation about uh, the Holy Spirit. She did some research and she said in a survey taken in 2021, 58% of Americans did not believe in the Holy Spirit. Would that be a record high? I know the general trend is more and more people define themselves as not religious than right. 
religious. That's an interesting fact that 58%, I mean, that really, that's six out of 10, yeah. just don't don't believe or take any kind of credence in the Holy Spirit. You've talked about the Spirit working in your life. I've talked about it in my life. So 58% of our listeners probably just check out and say, yeah, these guys are... Yeah, they're full of crap. Yeah, they're full of crap. And so 58% for our listeners, that would be what? That'd be like three. Really for us, that's the equivalent of 75% of our listeners. I, I wasn't planning on talking about the Holy Spirit, but I think that has to come into play here because of the mystery of God and the things that are not tangible, that has to come into play. Because when I say create space for God to allow God to help you connect with your soul, strengthen your soul, and engage or embrace your spiritual journey, how is he going to help do that? I believe that's through the Holy Spirit. But since 58% of people don't believe in the Holy Spirit, I don't know I don't know where that leaves us. Well, I mean, I think you just leave it with a question. If, yeah. if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, how do you explain X? Right. How do you explain Y? Really, this question of creating space for God, really what I'm really talking about, I think in another way, is having intimacy with God. That's what I'm asking listeners, and that's what I'm hoping listening to this podcast can help people with. If the question is, how do you cultivate intimacy with God, I would say we want to walk through a process. I think we would start with silence and solitude. You have to settle down everything around you, and that's where the silence comes in. The solitude is so that you can make that space in your mind and heart and begin to connect and then get in touch with your desire. And then from that, then I would walk you through a process of adding prayer and specific ways to pray, especially if it's if it's new to you. Mm-hmm. And then pray and having that conversation. And then to that, we would add scripture. Then we would talk about honoring the body, body as a spiritual practice. That's my strongest suit, as anyone can see. I will be completely vulnerable and let you know that I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Uh, you can look at me and say that my physical body type would lead one to believe that I'm not sure he's honoring his body completely as a spiritual discipline. That is one of my challenges is getting better at that and trying to improve at that. In my part of my transformational journey, that's always been a more challenging part because of other things. Mm-hmm. But so, you're mature enough to recognize it. Then we would begin to work on self-examination, self-knowledge, and confession. And then to that would be spiritual discernment. The very first step would be silence and solitude. And then the fifth one is self-examination. And those are the two things that I really balance in because I think they're easy for us at a very simple way to just check in with and and kind of evaluate. Can you define self-knowledge for me? That was the phrase you just used. Right. right? Self-examination, self-knowledge, and confession. Another way I would say it would be self-awareness. Okay. I had that in my head, but I didn't right. want to assume. Right. And that that's probably the word I should use. And can you give me an example of that in life? In life, this would be a place, if you don't have self-awareness, you may not be aware of your dark side when it's playing out. That's not a part of your true self, not a part of the essence of who God created you to be. Okay. But it's a part of you that is playing out either personality-wise or temperament-wise that is responding out of your brokenness mm-hmm. in lieu of protection defensiveness because of hurt and pain and trauma. Okay. I had a spiritual director that would point out an area in which I was being too self-referenced. I would acknowledge it, but not give very much credibility on it. And I would look at that and only address that in my life to the extent to which I could see. Mm -hmm. But after a while, when I saw some other things and then realized things are not getting better in areas where I'm trying to become better, then I did a little bit more listening in my own process of becoming self-aware asking for feedback in certain things. And when I listened more clearly, not just here, but listen, and by listening, I'm taking it in and letting it sink into my heart and thinking through it. Then I begin to realize, oh my gosh, I am much more self-referenced in all of these areas. I thought I was just self-referenced in a few, Mm -hmm. but I was much more self-referenced in all of these areas. 
I wasn't aware of. And so when I did that, then it moved to confession. So that stage, I said, is self-examination, self-awareness, and confession. And so then that confession part is a big part of it, first and foremost to God and then to those who need to hear your confession about how I've been living. And I've been living it because of my own brokenness or my own protection or my own fears or uh, to control. Most of the time it has to do with controlling. All of my self-reference living that really came hitting me in the face was because I just had to control everything out of fear and protection and not in a lack of trust. And having talked to you both on cast and off cast about your late childhood and adolescence, for me, I can certainly understand where that desire of control would come from. I'm sure that doesn't make it any easier for you as a 50-plus-year-old trying to work things out, but at some level, does that help you understand how you ended up here? It does. It does help me understand. It helps me be a little more gentle with myself. Right. It's only been recent. It's only been within two years that I've had a full awareness and full knowledge that I did not bond with anyone. I did not have a secure attachment. I think I did with my sister, but it was abruptly brought to an end. And I was still in a development phase where I needed to learn about secure attachment. I wasn't quite old enough yet for that to be in place. And so as a result of that, a lot of internal dysfunction was just playing out in my life. So I'm one who sits on a podcast and says, hey, create space for God. And that's a very difficult thing for me to do Mm -hmm. because of so many different factors. The one thing that I learned needing to be in control, fearing that nothing was going to go well for me. If I didn't, then I began to develop a self-reliance. So therefore I didn't really trust God. So therefore I didn't really attach with God. So why would I create space for God? So I had to learn all these things myself. I had to begin to, because I stepped across the line of faith at a very young age, for me, that creating space for God was saying, okay, hey, I'm going to acknowledge all these places where you've been all my life and everything, but now I'm creating space so that we can get one-on-one and I can get in touch with my soul, with you, and I can begin to learn to truly trust you. Because I would trust him in theory and trust him in a big picture, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't really trust him. One thing I will say, the best part about self-examination, self-awareness, and confession, the most important, most effective thing I recommend would be the process of the Enneagram. That's what was most helpful to me. That's what's I think that's key in all. My wife and I were very fortunate to first learn and hear about the Enneagram in a spiritual retreat setting. We heard about it for the first time. I really embraced it. It made a lot of sense to her. She embraced it as well. And she's really become quite a prolific teacher and instructor of us. She leads workshops and gives presentations on that quite regularly to her workplace and other workplaces. So, mm-hmm. And if you're wondering what that is, we'll have to just get into that for another time. This can be controversial and sensitive. Probably two episodes ago, we probably touched on some nerves of some listeners. We were talking about the song Mother, I think was mentioned. We talked about that and projecting fears onto others. And Mm -hmm. I want to throw out a disclaimer and say, neither you nor me would contest anyone saying children do get abducted. Children can be taken. The context in which we were talking about, we're not talking about an extreme case here. Anything you have in context can be taken to the extreme, and then you're getting into places where, well, no one's thinking about this, and it's not safe, and it's not that. We weren't talking about extremes. We were just talking about everyday modern living. And the big thing was just walking home from school, but it wasn't really about do they walk home from school or do they not. That title of that is walking at your own risk. It's not that you're at risk of doing it. It's just walking at risk of your parent being okay that they're not there right on right there yeah. on top of you catching you the second you get out of school. Right. I want to discuss all this behavior. 
money. The U.S. private sector added a whopping, in quotes, 497,000 jobs in June, says ADP. Biggest increase since July 22. This is paired with 267,000 jobs in May. This 497 was double what economists were forecasting. And you know how I feel about economists. Big surprise. They missed it by 100%. The market is reacting negatively to this. This goes back to what we talked about before. Good news, bad news, bad news, good news. Why is this confusing? It looks like the economy is doing great. Why is the market going down? We added half a million jobs. Because this now brings back into play a Federal Reserve rate hike. They paused last time. They had in their minutes in their testimony before Congress that we just paused. We're not done. They have insinuated two more rate hikes. We were thinking 25 basis points each, but if this kind of economic data keeps popping up, they may do something different than that. And that's why the market's reacting negatively to such positive jobless claims. Uh, Jobless claims did go up to 248,000. Biggest increase was in Michigan and New York. This will be important for the Fed as they analyze the data because they want to see more jobless claims. They want unemployment to be higher. And inflation's still not under control Job inflation, rate inflation, if you want to call it that, is still going up. The price to hire people keeps going up because there's so many openings and there's so few people that want them. you got to pay more. Right. Uh, they'd like to see higher unemployment. They'd like to see wage rate decrease from its current pace. It's never good for the individual who wants their bank account to go up. They're taking this from a macro perspective, trying to keep the economy clicking along. And I mean, they've caught a lot of negative press over the last two to three years on how they've handled the stimulus package and not reacting and all the stuff. But I mean, if you just look at the data, the economy's growing and now they've revised it to a 2% GDP <laughs> increase. If you still think we're in a recession, not you personally, to the listener yes. out there, if you still think we're in a recession, we should talk. There's yeah. no data out there that indicates we are in a recession just not there. Job growth is up. Unemployment's down. Corporate profits are up. GDP is expanding. Stock market's been up three consecutive quarters. These are not indicative of recession, people. So quit talking about it. Yeah. And listener, if you've been listening to us for any time at all, I don't think you've heard either one of us say that. Actually, if we've talked about a recession, we've been denying recession because it just... Everything just doesn't reflect that we are. But some people, I'm sure, still think we are. So it's kind of a mixed bag with the jobs added and the unemployment claims going up. So we'll see how the market digests all that. As we're recording this just after the July 4th holiday, we have all of our 2023 June 30th numbers that are year-to-date. So we're halfway through the year. I'm not going to read them all to you. The Dow Jones is up 4.9 year-to-date. A more common indicator of what we call the market is the S&P 500. It's up 16.9. That's halfway that's, through the year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, even more impressive is NASDAQ. They had a record first half, plus 32.3% in the first six months. If you're the type of investor that also has some exposure to things outside of the United States, EFA, Europe, Asia, and Far East, Index is up 12.1, and the Emerging Markets Index is up 5.1. If you're a bond investor, U.S. Aggregate Bond Index up 2.1 year-to-date. And I jotted another one down just because it was interesting. Prime rate, one year ago, June 30th, 2022, was 4.75. It's currently at 8.25. I don't understand any of this. I I mean, I understand it, but I don't understand why these numbers are where they are. Go ahead, though. You continue. You don't don't understand why they're so good. Yes. 
Well, there's you two, continue two with of what them, you're saying. I interrupt. Two of them are kind of outliers, uh, the NASDAQ and the S&P, in my opinion. And these are all driven by the same mega cap stocks, the Amazons, Microsoft, Apple, Google. They're, they're just driving this market. To give you a contrast, if you're not familiar with the way Russell 1000 calculates their index, they have a growth index and a value index. The growth index is up 27.1. So this is the giant we call mega caps are driving yeah. that. The 1000 value is only up 5.1. Very similar to Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is primarily a value index, and there's only 30 of them. They are running pretty close together, and you're just seeing some outsized impact in the Russell 1000 and the NASDAQ, because it's the same five to six companies driving all this. So they're way out of whack. Does that help you understand why yeah. the numbers are so skewed? Yeah. So for you investors out there, uh, I'd say, hey, make hay while the sun shines, but... Be prepared for some regression back to the mean in these large caps, large cap growth specifically. And if you're thinking, well, I want to get ahead of the curve, you might want to check your portfolio allocation and maybe pull pull off some of the winners in your large cap growth sector or your technology sector, sell them while they're high and go buy some value while it's low. But you and your personal financial representative can figure that out. This is just generic advice. I, mean, I guess you can reach out to us too through the communication channels, but I was going to ask the question. So what would be a good thing for an investor to do now? And you just answered it. The answer everyone hates is it depends. But if you're 40 years old, you're probably not going to do anything different. You're just going to go, wow, I didn't expect this kind of great year after last year's suck year. Right. I, I just don't expect it to be doing well. Yeah. It's far exceeded what my prediction was. And you know, I don't typically make predictions, but put on the spot at one of the 401k meetings I did, someone said, what do you think is going to happen in 2023? And I said, to be honest with you, I think we'll have somewhere between an 8 and a 10% return on the S&P 500. Well, we've doubled it already in half the time. So yeah. that makes me a little bit concerned about the second half because this just isn't sustainable over the long run. I wouldn't think so. NASDAQ's not going to be up 30, or sorry, 65% this year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Will it be flat for the next six months? Possibly. Would we all be happy on December 31st if we were up 17% year to date? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we just have to hey. temper, temper our expectations, kind of know this is unsustainable in the long run, but enjoy it while you can. If you're already retired, I'm sure you're pleased, unless you're really heavily into bonds, then maybe not as much. But right. if you're trying to get income, the yields on bonds have gone up as the interest rates have gone up. It's just their price has gone down. A lot of moving parts. Yeah. But right now, if you said, hey... How do you feel about where we're at? I'd say, oh my God, <laughs> far exceeded my expectations. If we are up 17% on December 31st, it'll be the first time ever I'll say, hey, bring on those personal property taxes. <laughs> That's right. Let me see those. Let me write that check. I've got some cash. I've, I've got flushed. some cash that I really <laughs> gonna, did not expect to I'm have. I'm going to pay that bill early this yes, year. Yes, exactly. People who are fearing that it's just going to turn at any time, they've got to be just pins and needles, right? Their anxiety has to be yeah, through the I, roof when it's this high. I would agree. All of this strong data would reinforce the position that, oh my God, the other shoe's going to drop any time. Now I'm really scared. Exactly. It just keeps getting better and better. It's not supposed to. Aren't we just fascinating God, God creatures? God we enjoy <laughs> things when things are good. I know. <laughs> it's going to be even worse because it's so good right now. What's going on? This is impossible. Yeah. It is yeah. a little mathematically confusing. It seems so contrary to what we would have believed coming out of 22. It's mind-boggling, it is. really. And we can't make sense of it. Good news is you don't need to. If you're 45 or under, just keep doing your thing. If you don't have an automatic rebalance in your 401k or your investment account, maybe you ought to look at it and see if you're skewed. Because 
obviously large cap growth has outperformed everything else. So you may be a little heavy there now, but you got 20 plus years before you need it. Right. I wouldn't panic. If you're within 10 years of retirement, certainly want to keep checking on your asset allocation, your equity to fixed income, make some decisions about how much risk you're willing to take with the shorter time horizon. Yeah. Just talk to your personal financial representative and have an honest talk about it and just get some feedback. Would now be a good time to invest in Twitter? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So this is off topic, but let's talk about bathrooms. There's been a few places I've been in recently. I don't know if this was a byproduct of COVID when they were shut down and then reopened, or if it's just the new trend because of, is this the right phrase? A gender uh, Gender association? So what I'm seeing now is instead of a men's room and a women's room or male-female I'm seeing gender neutral. Right. Right. So it doesn't matter which one you go into now. And I just want to say, I actually appreciate that. Anytime there has been a unisex bathroom, Mm -hmm. I welcome it. Yeah. I celebrate it. I I think it's great. California, I would go to a unisex Mm -hmm. bathroom. Everything was a stall. Mm -hmm. There might've been urinals, but they're in a stall. So a stall with closed doors. And this was many, many, many years ago. They would have stall doors on everything. Yeah, But you had a community part where you had the plumbing for all of your basins and sinks. I thought, hey, this is quite efficient. From a management standpoint, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You have fewer sinks, less plumbing. Right. Because you don't need... You don't need two bathrooms, which require 12 sinks when you can have one that has six or eight, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's not a big deal to me. And I will go so far as to say, if I'm in a place where there are two bathrooms, one toilet only... Mm-hmm. one for male, one for female, and the male is locked mm-hmm. or occupied. There's no women waiting or there's not a lot of women there, and I'm going to be in and out quickly. I'll just use the women's because because that's my philosophy. Yeah. It's like I, I, I don't did. leave it and I don't go in there and pee on the seat. <laughs> I don't leave a mess behind. Good man. Uh, I'm considerate of who's going to come in next yeah. and knowing that it's a woman especially considerate. And I'm sure some people will hear me say that and think, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he does that. No, I, I, I've done it. Uh, myself specifically, I'll give you an example. It doesn't exist anymore, but that Gerbs that was up there on the corner of Providence and Nifon, uh-huh. the bathrooms are way the hell in the back. Yes. So one day I'm in Gerbs, feeling comes upon me. I find the bathrooms. I go into the men's room. There's one toilet. It is occupied. I can see the shoes. And I'm like, oh, this could be a while. Well, for those of you that aren't familiar with the male anatomy, uh, a urinal is not interchangeable with a toilet when you got to do a certain job. Right. All right. So my option here is wonder how long this guy's going to be. And I pay. And in the rack. days of cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they're in there on the phone. Video, right. So I'm like, this could be forever, especially if he's an employee on break. He's not no incentive to get out of there. So I'm now faced with a very difficult decision. I don't want to mess myself. So I find the women's room. Now right. it's, Multiple stalls. There's no lock on the door, but I didn't so care. So it's more of a risk. Yeah. So I, I, I go in, I peek underneath the stalls. I'm looking for feet, no feet. I take care of my business. I wash my hands and get out. For all you people building new construction, we would encourage you. Make them unisex. unisex. Make everything a toilet because a toilet can right. be used for either one. Right. Get rid of the urinals. Just do right. toilets. Exactly. And when you travel overseas in most places, the sign says toilet. Yep. In most places. That's Because right. that's... All that it is. I've been in that same situation. I went into women's where there were multiple stalls, and I was the only one when I went in. Not when other you people came in. I was there, and so I thought, well, how long you, you don't know out? how people are going to respond. <laughs> That's right. So I just waited till it seemed empty again yeah. and went out. I think that was a safe yeah. call. Yeah. But yeah, go with unisex bathrooms, family bathrooms, whatever you want to call them. 
all toilets, no urinals. Yeah. And let's just put that behind us. Right. No pun intended. Right. All right, let's close the door yeah, on that Yeah, this has been one. fun. Well, let's close the door on that. Let's close the door on the whole thing. Okay. I will take my leave of you now, and I will see you at the bocce ball courts. Yes, that's right. We're playing bocce. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hello, listeners. You heard me mention the Enneagram in this episode, and I want to tell you about a brand new podcast that's all about the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a model of human psychology and personality theory that is based on the idea that each person has a unique and innate soul, or essence, that shapes the way they see the world and themselves. Enneagram isn't new. It's been around a long, long time, and it's called the Enneagram because it is a figure of nine personality types. These nine types are characterized by a unique combination of strengths weaknesses, unconscious motivation, fears, and triggers that shape thoughts, feelings, and actions. The Enneagram is not only a tool for understanding ourselves and others, but it is also a powerful tool for growth, self-awareness, self-discovery, and spiritual growth. It can help individuals understand their own motivations and behaviors, as well as the motivations and behaviors of others. My wife has recently launched a podcast with her co-host Damon Fontanelle called Enneagram You, where you get to know you. And she has absolutely no idea I'm promoting it here. Her first episodes address emotional intelligence, emotions and self-care, family dynamics, is the Enneagram evil, self-reflection and decision-making, and so much more. Again, it's called Enneagram You, where you get to know you. I encourage you and me to take a look at abandoning our false self through the lens of the Enneagram, a tool to help us recognize our own besetting sin. So listen to Enneagram You. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, VUFaith.com, or wherever you listen.